my kid used to have four asthma attacks a week and now they have none. Or mm, I used to have horrible amazing. seasonal allergies with a dog. Now I don't. So I never expected. Uh. We created it for wildfires. We accidentally ended up being a medical product. And now we're just a regular homeowner, family, allergies, fires, pollution in the cities. Number one people buy it is for sleep, as a sleep mm. product. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Mike Felstein. Mike is the CEO of Jasper. He is a seasoned air quality expert and entrepreneur, leveraging his experience in wildlife restoration and air quality consulting. He founded Jasper to innovate in air science and technology. Welcome to our show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So is this something similar to HEPA? The HEPA uh, is a standard. That means okay. that a filter captures uh, up to a particle size of 99.97% uh, at 0 0.3 microns. So HEPA is a standard. So there are um, dozens of products that um, hit that standard. But yeah, when yeah. you hear about a HEPA filter or HEPA purifier... It's nothing more than a standard. Okay. And so what have you done differently? Yeah. So my background was in wildfire, flood, and mold restoration and remediation. I was approaching this kind of from an industrial top-down approach. So before this, when there would be fires, floods, like most of my entrepreneurial career was in responding to natural disasters. So think California is mm -hmm. on fire. We set up Cali Fire Restoration. When Houston had Hurricane Harvey, we set up Houston Flood Experts. So we would, my company then was called Rapid Group. So we would quickly establish brands to respond to natural disasters, floods, hurricanes, earthquakes, hailstorms. And I got to see firsthand how much wildfire smoke was impacting people. So when I saw, it's quite staggering, especially from California to British Columbia, just how many days per year people have really toxic contaminated mm -hmm. air. So we, when I got to, we used the, the, like the air purifiers we used in mold and floods, they look like photocopiers or subwoofers, massive, loud, mm. ugly machines. And I had them off. before. Did you? Yeah, we had a, our hot tub flooded and it, the whole house was just full of that water. So they dried it out and then they, they had to put those things in. Air scrubbers. Yeah, yeah. These, these big boxes. So yeah, you would massive. Have, you were happy to use that at post-flood, but you don't really want to leave that in your house for everyday life. They're loud, <laughs> they're, they're loud, and they're ugly. We, after, when we would clean up after wildfires, and we, we would often get calls that, like, the baby would be back in the hospital, somebody would be sick. We'd go back, we would check the air quality, and it's because after a big fire, the air quality can stay poor for months. It's just in the ambient mm -hmm. environment. So you clean the whole inside, the outdoor air comes back inside the house and recontaminates everything. We would leave these big air scrubbers at the customers' homes for a couple months. I'm like, you know what? It'd be a lot more affordable for me to just go to Best Buy or Home Depot and buy them four or five small air purifiers to keep the air quality clean. And it wasn't doing the, the trick at all. From a think about CFM horsepower 
So our big air scrubbers were like 700, 800 CFM. And a Dyson is like 87. So the analogy I like to use is most residential air purifiers are like trying to heat a bathtub with a kettle. So like a kettle is awesome at heating water for tea, not for a bath. If you keep using your kettle to heat the bath, the water is going to cool down faster than you can heat it up. When I got to see that, I'm like, okay, this is a problem. I, I was shocked to find out how ineffective consumer air purifiers were. I wanted to create something that was large because you, you need a certain amount of size to be effective. So I wanted it to be pretty like a Dyson, quiet like a Tesla, and powerful like an industrial hmm. air scrubber. So it's hard to tell, but these things aren't small. It's a fairly good size. I don't know if you use video or audio only, but it's video a fairly good... Audio. Okay, so yeah, it's a pretty large-sized unit, but it needs to be large. If it's not large, it's like you can't create, a, you can't mm -hmm. tow your boat with a golf cart, no matter what battery no. and motor you put in there. You need a truck. We were using like the analogy I use is like in restoration, flood, firework. These were pickup trucks, and the Dyson's like a golf cart, and the market needed a luxury SUV that can take the yeah. kids, hold the storage, yeah. and look good doing it. And that was that problem Fixed that we problem. wanted to solve mm. yeah and what about the noise because there's an obvious reason why i guess the noise is present with some of these big um uh, fans so how did you take care of the noise so that's because that's in a post disaster situation you you want to optimize for air cleaning and noise pollution is not a big consideration for that mm. short period of time if, 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 I don't know if you've ever seen those big-ass fans at an airport or a gym. They're like these huge ceiling fans, and they're silent. It's because if, if you think about a car on first gear, it's very loud. On fifth or sixth gear, it's much quieter. So by having large fan blades, you can actually move more air quietly. So by increasing okay. the size of the product, it can operate silently. So it, like right now, it's running. We can't hear anything. It's completely silent. If, though, we start cooking or if there's wildfire smoke, or something causes it to spike, it'll go up to a, a, a reasonable noise, get, get the air cleaned, and then automatically come back to a, a quiet setting. But basically, the key to making it quiet is to make it large. Mm, if you okay. have a small fan in your bedroom, you need it to be on full speed in order for it to do anything. But yeah, the, the bigger it is, the, the quieter it can run. Good. So, so the early... Sorry? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, all you. So the early stages of Jasper, can you share some key challenges that you faced creating this yes. air purifier? So I was always in service companies. I had done yeah. marketing in my early 20s, and then I had spent several years in disaster response, restoration, a, a random turn. And I, I call the restoration money sad money because it was unfortunate that we would clean these homes and then it would be recontaminated the next week. So you're getting money, but you weren't solving a real problem. And I wanted to be able to, what I loved about that business in my twenties, the rapid group was I spent most of my twenties in Thailand, Costa Rica, Switzerland. I was oh. traveling constantly. And then a big catastrophic event would happen. I would fly in, set up the landing page, set up the website. And I had a really good process to hire local contractors, get the jobs, manage the jobs. This was great for my 20s when I could leave for three, four, five months at a time. I've got kids now. So I wanted the original vision for Jasper was to, to run the same playbook, but only operate during wildfire season. So I figured 
Let me use the cash that I had piled up from disasters, stock a lot of inventory. So I created Jasper specifically for wildfire smoke. So I thought it would be a West Coast product. You'd keep it in your house. When there's that toxic smoke, 30, 40, 50 days a year, it would step in. I was planning on launching summer 2020, and I had spent a few years developing it. I mostly toured Asia, and because Asia has way worse air and way more air awareness. So in, in, in Asia, they have air purifier stores in the mall, for example. Like when I go mm. to meet the, a banker in Asia, and I say Asia broadly because I saw this in Thailand, Malaysia, China, like they had an air purifier in every single room. Most, a lot of restaurants had them, offices had them. They, they are further along, just like in North America, most offices, most homes, we filter our water, but we don't filter our air. Asia is ahead in that space. So I wanted to go find the best air purifiers in the world. And I tested about 25 different machines from different factories. And I, the effective ones were either loud or ugly. So it was, I had to find the best of both worlds. So the, the process of figuring it out was just finding factories, ordering them, testing them rigorously. And they had to be good build quality, factory had to have good communication, silent, aesthetic. And I would run them full blast for a few months. Sometimes things don't crap out for a month or two. You don't really know what you got until you have it running for a certain period of time. And so the challenges were finding something that was effective and looked good and was quiet. So that wasn't readily available out of the box. So we had to get creative. And I, I found industrial designers and engineers off of Upwork. So I was able to be me, plus use nice. freelance designers, and then yeah. vet out, find existing factories, test their flagship models. And then I worked with the best factory I could find to then make something a lot more beautiful, a lot quiet, a lot smarter. But the funny thing is I was prepared to launch. This is crazy. We were prepared to launch at the price point of about $7.99. The costs are a little over $400 to make these things. So I figured we'll be like printer and printer ink. You'll get the subscribers and it'll be as affordable as possible. And then COVID happened. And a friend of mine named Jason Tam in Ontario goes, we were, it was May. We were going to launch it for wildfire season. And he's like, dude, you have to launch today. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, they just mandated every dentist in Ontario needs an air purifier in every single room to, to reopen wow. their doors. So I just threw up the site, quick times, one pager. Didn't have, I didn't have e-commerce functionality or anything. All live chat. And we did $500,000 in our first week. Amazing. Closer to a million. Perfect. So... And we launched at the price point of 1975 because mm. our closest competitor was $2,100 for a, a machine that we were actually superior to. And he goes, dude, if you launch at 1000 or less, no dentist is going to buy your machine. So I launched at the, at, with the domain jaspermedical.com because honestly, we had no reviews. We had no yeah. customers. So the, I like to joke, if you put medical on the end of your name, it's like putting a lab coat on your domain. So... <laughs> I did no fake reviews. I did none of that stuff. I just the, But the high price point and the word medical is all we needed. And I just had a comparison chart on us versus the $2,100 model, which we were a lot prettier than. We were much more effective. They were priced in that market because they were medical. And it was amazing to see the medical industry is used to paying a medical price. And if you don't charge them a high mm. price, they don't even give you the time of day. Mm. And this was weird and unfortunate and backwards to what I was thinking. But because our first thousand customers during COVID, 
we had we we over engineered this for the residential market and the dentist wanted something that looked good was quiet was effective and if the dentist didn't have an air purifier they had to wait two hours between patients and if they had like a dyson or oh. like a honeywell or something from walmart they would be like 45 minutes between patients with a jasper yeah. it was eight to ten minutes between patients it was all based on the airflow so Good. from the dentist standpoint like this pays for itself in two days so yeah we weren't in the air cleaning business we were actually in the sales business as far as the dentist was concerned so they didn't buy this mm. thing because they care about the air they it was completely a, a, a business purchase for them but the nice thing was our first thousand customers were dentists and doctors gyms and, and wellness businesses mostly doctors and then after a few months they, they would rave about it to their patients and then the patients would ask the dentist hey do they sell my kid has asthma my kid has allergies is, is this thing better than the portable air purifier i have at home and the dentist was very promotional of it because promoting jasper was promoting the safety of their clinic but you have a thousand dentists that each set see five mm -hmm. four thousand patients a year all of a sudden we start to get lots of leads from homeowners we still had no e-commerce and I'm like, you know what? You're a family. Let's get, we'd give the families like 40% off. Cause I'm like, we priced this thing for medical. I didn't want to charge homeowners that amount. I don't think they would have yeah. paid that amount. It's amazing. Cause now, now we, we got the price down to 1399. I'm actually working on lowering it more because the whole point was to make it affordable. And then we got ourselves into this very premium category because it is a premium product. So yeah, the challenges was early on, it was developing a great product. And we have a lifetime warranty as long as people change the filter twice a year. We put our money where our mouth is. So if these things break, it's gonna, it, would, it, could, it could crush the whole company. So we needed something that was super reliable, effective, quiet. And then the next challenge was keeping up with the demand and COVID shipping rates. To put these things on an airplane during COVID was $500 a unit. So we actually had to charge more because our prices were so high in order to import them swiftly. But the, it, all these challenges was in COVID, keeping up with the demand and mm. managing the cash flow. And now, so we went from 99% being B2B doctors, dentists. And now I'm happy to say we're 99% homeowners, families, allergies, sleep. Uh, and it's a way better. If you read the reviews on our website, when it was doctors, it was like, it makes my patients and staff feel safe. And now when you read the families, it's my kid used to have four asthma attacks a week, and now they have none. Or mm, I used to have horrible amazing. seasonal allergies with a dog. Now I don't. So I never expected. Mm. We created it for wildfires. We accidentally ended up being a medical product. And now we're just a regular homeowner, family, allergies, fires, pollution in the cities. Number one people buy it is for sleep, as a sleep mm. product. So yeah, it's so Mike, for the subscription, that is definitely the part of your company that is the most profitable, right? The ongoing changing of filters. So currently our churn rate, and I consider churn has canceled ever, is under 1%. Hmm. Nobody's canceling. They buy the filter every six months. So hmm. early on, because our price has been high, there was a large profit on the units. But the, if we were selling the company, which I have no desire to do, we'd probably get like one to three times earnings on unit sales, but maybe 30 to 60x on subscription. So all mm. the value in the company yep. absolutely comes from the subscription. Yes, yes. And honestly, it's, it's amazing. I've never had a business model with 
I used to have the marketing and it was still churn and burn, but because it's way better than SaaS because they have the actual hardware and the lifetime, the biggest thing is the lifetime warranty and the yeah. filters. So nobody churns. And it's amazing. Like when I would make a bunch of money after a disaster, it felt like a big hit, like a big rush. And then you're like depressed the next day because you need to yeah. lay on that high, keep selling. The analogy yeah. I use for the subscription is it's like putting on muscle. Like it mm. makes me, continues and I, on. I, it's a, yeah, it's, continues on you get stronger you get more predictable you don't need debt you don't need investors cool. it's a it's a healthy way to build a so company are you franchising in different countries or or agency all, models nothing right now it's all us and canada and almost uh -huh. so still a huge percent of our most of our business now either comes from the doctor's office still the patients have been seeing it re repeatedly other people talking about it on podcasts. I only started getting on podcasts in the last month or two, but it would be like doctors or health and wellness people, like all They'll of our speak about it. They speak about it when they're like, Hey, what do you, what are five products you recommend for sleep? And then they talk about Jasper. And then mm, the other thing good. now is a lot of these wellness influencers, doctors, biohackers, they bought one for full price for their home. They're like, this is great. Can you set me up with a code so I can share it with my community? So that now makes up for 70% of the business is just people who bought it. So there's no, we don't ship out tons of free Jaspers and try to get people to push it to their audience. And this is 2024 is we haven't done any marketing yet. So we, we've sold, I guess this is an entrepreneur podcast. So we've done about 3 million in sales so far, about a 60% profit margin, almost no, mm -hmm. that's over a few years. No, but no ads. We've spent like five grand in ads ever. And now we I have I, an affiliate I want, system, right? We have affiliates, but have the only affiliates were customers who said, give me a code. And okay. now we're like, okay, our, our return rate is under 1%. Our defective unit rate is under 2.5% and our churn rate is under 1%. We're like, now it's time to put fuel on the fire. I've seen way too many companies, they do huge sales in their first year, but let's say 14% of the machines break or they some it, it puts them out of business. So the way I like to view it is, I'd rather crash a golf cart into a wall than crash a Ferrari. So I, because I intend to do this business for many decades, high sales in my first two years was never part of the goal. I wanted to have a, a robust, great product, great systems, great customer service. Now we have this really strong foundation. So now it's going to be, I'll go on podcasts, I'll sponsor podcasts, and we'll actually create relationships with health and wellness individuals to try to now spread the word. But I didn't want to spread the word until we were ready to spread mm -hmm. the word and now we're ready oh man this is wonderful mike i love this story i love what you guys are doing but the businesses that are actually making a change in someone's life it comes with heart you just feel good doing business in that realm so i can just imagine what you guys are feeling with each sale that you make because asthma is a problem there's people that suffer from air quality and they don't even know it, for example. And it's just it's, it's like an invisible thing. I'm grateful that you took the time to come on our show today. Man, what water is to fish, air is to humans. It, it's yeah. crazy. It, the first thing we do when we're born, we take a breath. The last thing we do before mm -hmm. we die, we take a breath. We need food, yeah. water, and air to stay alive. But at night, uh -huh. it's crazy. You could be in a coma and you're, you'll still breathe. Like yeah. your body literally breathe without any conscious efforts if you don't yeah, if you're hungry you eat. if you're thirsty you drink but 
I think we take our air for granted because it's autonomous. We don't even have to think about it. So my whole mission here, like if I find out someone's, hey, I listened to the podcast with Mike and if someone cracks their window to get fresh air in, it like, it's not all just about air purifiers. With water, we're trained. If it smells funky, we, it's like a smell is just a safety feature that the human body, if it smells gas or it smells smoky, we get out of there. And it's all to me about increasing air awareness. When people realize that it feels stuffy, if it feels smelly, if it's, if the, if the air, like mm. just start to think about it. Cause you muggy, you, yeah. Muggy, humid, damp. Like you want your air matters you, j- the, the same way that you're oh, um, yeah. getting your nutrients from food and water. It's the same thing with air, but because it's yep. autonomous, we don't even think about it. No. Yeah. My, my whole mission yeah. here is to just increase air awareness make people realize good. it's not just you are what you eat but it's also you are what you breathe no what you breathe um, good one mike i might put that on mike, a shirt. Can you share? yeah you sell them no but maybe i would i should make a you are yeah. what you breathe shirt <laughs> yeah you should man you should keep give them away with each each sale of each, each unit. unit yeah it's a good so what are you gonna say you have a final question i was or gonna yeah i was gonna yeah i was gonna ask you what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life yeah. When there's a fire and other people are running from it, I run towards it. I have, I've had no so bravery, fe- common chaos. And I understand that great things require risk and effort. And I've never been afraid of putting myself in harm's way to help or for an opportunity. And just be, being able to be mindful and calm when disasters going all around. So many people go to these mm. flood and fire zones and go out of business in a few weeks because they're just chaotic you need to find the time to you need to find time for calm even in chaos so just taking that moment having good friends asking for help yeah and and become aware of your breathing it's important man yeah (laughs) great mike thank you so much for coming on our show appreciate your time today keep in touch and thank you for agreeing to help us promote your episode on your network and looking forward to seeing your equipment everywhere All right, man. You'll know we've done our job when the product is half the price of what it is now. Until then, we got a long way to go, but that's where I'm trying to get this thing. All right.